If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Academy Podcast. It's the first one of the season, the first one that we've had for quite a while, and we've got a debutant on the Academy podcast as well. You can see uh, Joe Harvey's decided to join us for, for this episode. How are you, Joe? Not so bad. Um, the weather's great. The um, the birds are chirping. Um, the I'm only okay. birds that are chirping are the nightingales at the moment, <laughs> aren't they? Because should we just tell people what time we decided to actually get around to do this? Yeah, it's um, it's. Well, I don't actually know specifically what time it is. Hang on, <laughs> twenty to one, coming up to one in the morning. So, yeah, so we're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. But you know, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here, but we're going to talk about the academy and uh, obviously the under twenty-threes and the under 18s specifically. Uh, before we dive into the teams themselves and how they've started the season, though, Dan, um, I just wanted to touch on some staffing changes that we'll have seen over the summer. Uh, we'll start with the 23s with that and, and Billy Barr leaving to come and join up with uh, the former Rovers manager, Gary Bowyer. It was too good of an opportunity really for him to turn down. I think that's what he said in the statement, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I was surprised by the move, but when we saw it myself and I weren't too surprised with him linking back up with Bowyer, it makes sense. They're, a, well, not a good club, but they're on the up, aren't they? And I think it's a good chance for him to make his name in the senior game. Yeah, and he's done a good job with the under-23s, hasn't he, Joe? Uh, yeah. Taking over from, from Damien Johnson, wasn't it, who left uh, a few years ago to join the senior staff. But he's had a fantastic record in, in Premier League 2, Billy Barr. Yeah, it's interesting. I think most teams at Premier League 2 level are looking to develop players. I think Billy Barr definitely plays to win. Um, and I think Rovers did so well under Barr because he set his teams up to win games of football rather than to play a style to develop players and that's great for the table maybe some would argue it's not as good for their development but it was great in terms of a run and confidence for those players so yeah I understand why he's moved into senior football because I think he's quite a competitive guy yeah and um, un unsurprisingly I suppose Dan we've, we've kind of got a almost like a chain of command now and and Mike Sheeran, who has been on this podcast um, the interview is still in the in the playlist if you want to seek it out really informative about his career and then also his role with the under-18s as he was then, has now moved up to the under-23s role. Yeah, I think it's a good appointment. It's, it was the obvious one, wasn't it? I think we knew it from the moment Barr left. But I think he knows his players. He knows Brennan, Burns, Pike, even though he's out on one. I think it's a good appointment and I think results will start to come. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit on those results that haven't been great um, in a little while. We'll just finish off this staffing. Um, we've seen a change in the under-18s then, of course, with Mike moving up, Joe and um, Ryan Kidd taking over in the, in the main role now. 
Yeah, and I think, again, like you say, chain of command, everybody moving up one. I think it's the right way to do things. Um, I still I still kind of think that Damian Johnson's slightly wasted in his current position. I think he's a really exciting young coach, and perhaps we could be getting more out of him, and perhaps we could have looked to get him back involved with the 23s, but I understand why they didn't go down that route. And, and I like the one-up method. I think um, it's good progression for your coaches to start at an age group and keep moving keep moving up and then you know like Damon Johnson can hopefully get involved in the first team sometimes so yeah and we see that sort of thing with the Red Bull group um, having these constant promotions and it seems to be working very well for those coaches um, moving up in that structured manner and hopefully we will see results from that with our coaches as, as and our players and um, there has been other staffing changes in behind the scenes as well Joe a couple of people um, been moved into coaching roles and other roles behind the scenes. Do you want to just touch on those before we move on to the teams themselves? Yeah, well, obviously we sadly lost Simon Cooper, who's another friend of the channel, um, who did a who did a show with us. I can't remember how long ago that one was. Was that an Academy podcast as well? Or yeah, yeah. Um, and Simon was a proper character, and he introduced me to 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 the Academy and working at the Academy. So we've lost him to Stoke. So he was head of. Academy recruitment, um, and as as of yet, hasn't actually been replaced. So John Park, who's senior recruitment, is taking on his duties at the moment. They are looking to replace Simon, hopefully by the end of October. Um, so Simon was lost, but they've brought in a few different people throughout. Um, so Tony Cars is kind of head of academy coaching, but they've brought in some coaches who are kind of head of each development phase now so we've got John Prince I can't remember specifically his title but he's one of these kind of head of coaching at a specific uh, development phase is he 12 to 16 or something like that uh, and then we've got Paul Gray who's come in um, as well who I think is doing the, the same role but with the younger lot so yeah uh, I think quite a few from Preston as well in terms of staff that have been coming in yeah, John, um, so, John Prince came from Preston, didn't he? Yeah. One. So it's it's an interesting time. Uh, quite a few new faces around the academy. Even um, non-footballing staff, a lot of turnaround down at Brockhall. Um, a lot of people have left. A lot of new people have come in. Um, and Rovers have am amalgamated quite a lot of roles. So, you know, two different jobs now being done by one person and this, that and the other. Obviously, all in the name of cutting costs and improving efficiency so we'll see how that unfolds throughout the next few seasons and whether it's a, a good or a bad thing yeah exactly you can never quite tell when it's academy appointments and things like that you don't get the instant feedback um, that you would get in the first team possibly um, but um, hopefully we'll we'll speak to the club and see if we can get some of these new staff on the podcast i'd like to speak to Stuart jones again who obviously is the big kahuna runs the whole uh, show and um, we'd like to get an update from him um, he was on last year and Tony Cars was on last year. And it's interesting that you mentioned about that structure that they seem to have put into place because he alluded to that in, in the podcast in terms of getting the structure that he would want. Um, so it's good that they've gone, they've listened to him and, and tried to recruit in that way. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to get some stuff on here again and some players, hopefully, as well. Uh, we had Jared Harlock on last year and we've had Dan Pike on as well. So it'd be good to get a few more players in and we'll be striving to do that throughout the season. So keep your eyes peeled for more Academy podcasts with those uh, staff and players. Let's jump in then to this season. Um, obviously, the under-23s did very well in PL2 
last season, pushing Manchester City all the way until a bit of a drop-off at the end. And that drop-off, Dan, has kind of come into this season. I remember us doing a very early season Academy podcast. It might have been our first ever one last season where the under-23 started flying and the under-18s were, were losing games. But a bit of a turnaround for this season. Yeah, it has been, hasn't it? It's been... I won't say disappointing. I do like seeing them win, but we all know the troubles we've had at first team and it's kind of had that knock-on effect to the 23s, hasn't it? Yeah, they've, you know, there's been a lot of uh, academy involvement, if not maybe it's gained so much minutes, but definitely presence on the bench. We've seen quite a few of the under-23s populating that bench on match days and obviously you don't want to risk those in, in the Friday night games or, or the Saturday afternoon games. So it's understandable that we've had um, probably... Not as many good results at the moment, but shall we just hit on the first one, which was the 2-2 draw uh, with Everton that was played at Ewood Park, I think, if I'm memory yeah. serves me correctly. Um, that was actually, we were 2-0 up going into the final stages of that game. Where, How did you assess that performance, Dan? I thought, I were impressed by us, I think, at the start of the first 80 minutes or so, we were in control. I never thought we'd draw that game. I thought we were in complete control, but then the score was, I think they scored from a corner and then they had a wonder strike from one of the Everton lads, one of the, I think you're a defender and it's just one of them, your hands up, don't you? And you've got to accept when you concede a good goal and that was definitely one of them. Yeah, Sam Burns and Jack Vale on the score sheet, Joe, and you were at that game, I think, again, if memory serves. What did you make of that and was it good to see Jack Vale getting um, some, getting a goal and putting in a, a decent performance? Yeah, Rovers were the better team on the night for for most of the game. I think the, the reason they struggled, and it's been pretty much the story of the season so far, is there's just nothing off the bench for them at the minute. Um, that the kind of the 23s first team is littered with 18s players as it is, um, and then you've got kind of 15 year olds on the bench um, with very little PL2 experience. Now, obviously, there are some younger players that come through and have really got it. And I'm sure we're going to touch on some of them, but some of them, you know, they're just not ready yet. And they come on and that lack of experience in killing out a game shows. Whereas the substitutes that Everton brought on, very experienced PL2 players. Um, and, and they got the goals. The game kind of shifted from there, but it is the story of their season so far in general. They're missing a lot, you know, no Butterworth, um, no Buckley, players out on loan, quite a few players injured. Um people out in international breaks and constantly swapping the goalkeepers. I, I doubt that they've kept anything like a, a structure from game to game, you know, even just a spine of a team. It's been very disjointed. Then the appointment of the new manager. So I don't think there's too much to read into the, the slump so far. I think it's just an amalgamation of all those things um, that are equal and not the best record right now. Yeah, we've seen Dan positive performances in the other games as well. Um, Manchester City, we were leading um, 2-1 going into the final stage there. I think it was the 86th minute that they equalised and then they went on to add two more in stoppage time. And also we were 1-0 up at home to Leicester as well. Uh, Burns getting on the score sheet again, and as he did against Brighton. We didn't see anything of the Brighton game because that was away and um, they don't do streaming there. So it was kind of a guessing game in terms of that one. But I know it was a very that was a very, very young team. Um, that game that went that went played there. So there's lots of positives to take out from these performances still, isn't there? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's 
not all about the results, as you say. We spoke to Stuart Jones, he said the same. It's development. We've seen some players impressed so far. We might not be getting the results, but we're still going to get the rewards of it two, three years down the line. Let's pick out some players then that we've seen from the under-23s this season. And Joe, I'm going to come straight to you because you've been you've been talking about one particular player um, who skipped the under-18s altogether, but he's a brand new name for most people who probably listen to this. Um, Ashley Phillips, or Ash Phillips, I think he prefers. So do you want to just wax lyrical about this this young player? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting one, a really cool story. Just you know, practically skipped the under-18s. Really played something like seven games last year for the under-18s and has come straight into the 23s and, you know, he's right up there. I mean, when he's fit, I think he'll start this season every single game. He's gone off with the England under-17s. You know, he's six foot three. He did his GCSEs in June. He's composed on the ball. He's scored a couple of goals already. He's a man-mountain. Um, some Welsh in the family, but he's elected to play for England. And from what I can tell, he came to Rovers at under 12s from Curzon Ashton. Um, so, very much, despite the fact he's not from Blackburn, um, one that the fans will be able to sing, he's one of our own about and not look <laughs> stupid, um, as we do with Lewis Travis, who's very clearly not one of our own. I will I will absolutely die on that hill. I hate it when that's sung. Um, yeah. But he yeah, really so. Does. It's it, it, he's a talent. Um, I don't know if I said he's a centre back, um, and he looks good. We'll give him some time. But Mowbray then goes on and waxes lyrical about him, and they seem to be, you know, people were speculating that they're putting him in the shop window a bit. Obviously, he can't sign a pro contract until next summer, but they keep these players incentivised. And if I'm Ash Phillips, I'm playing at a Cat One Academy in the top division of 23s football with a very, very clear and obvious and documented pathway into a first team which has been duplicated time and time again. Ryan Nayambe, Darrell Anahan, Lewis Travis, Joe Rankin-Costello now Dan Butterworth as well David Rea has now been sold. I know that if I stick around and sign that pro deal I've got a chance so people are worried he's going to go and we're going to lose him because Mowbray is saying how great he is but I wouldn't worry. I think um, I think we've got a talent on our hands um, and, and I think he'll have a good year and we'll see if he gets in the first team before the end of the season. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that Mowbray would feel the confidence to come out and say, we've got a player on our hands, I think was almost the exact quote, um, that went syndicated around. And uh, I got some I got some private messages saying, who's this then? So I'm like, well, I don't want to tell you. Um, you know, But he's, he's yeah. in there, like you say, he's, everyone watches PL2 football these days um, when the, if they can get it. Um, a lot of people no, ask for more of it. And every club watches PL2 football. And I do need to be quite careful about what I'm saying. I had I was spoke to somebody last week who said he was asking me about Rovers under-23s players. And, and you're thinking, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, so people look and clubs look and there is interest. And I suppose we'll touch on it, but that's what surprised me about the low moves for, for Vale and Pike and how low, low down they were because there is some genuine interest from much higher up the divisions in in a lot of our players, so, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, I just wanted to pick out a couple more names before we move on to those loan deals. Um, Zach Gilsonen is one that I wanted you to, to give us a couple of words about. And also Jake Garrett, um, he obviously someone that we saw a little bit of in pre-season and has made the bench a few times. Um, so just a couple of words on those two players. They've really caught my eye um, so far this season. 
Yeah, I really like the look of Gilson and come with a lot of talk about his name, the Irish Messi, they call him, <laughs> Barcelona, Liverpool. I think you can see the talent, can't you? I know he's not had the, a lot of chances, really. In all honesty, he's not had too much time on the pitch. But I think as season goes on, Jack Vale's obviously out on loan. Conor McBride might be involved with the first team with injuries. His time will come. And I think you'll see anyone who hasn't seen him yet will He's one to get off your seats for. And then I think you look at Jake Garrett, like we said, the Leeds performance, really impressed. Does he stay in the first team for me? No, I don't think he will for a few years, but he's got the time on his side. Given experience, given time, maybe a long move. I think he'll be a cracking player. I really think he'll come good for Rovers. I do think he fits the bill of, of a player that we don't necessarily have at the moment in the first team squad. Someone who can sit in front of the defence. I know he's played defence a lot during his time through the academy. So he, I really do see him as that someone who can sit there. I think with Travis, he prefers to have a bit more of a, a roaming role. And yeah. I don't like him necessarily sitting on it, like just because he doesn't have the discipline all the time. He will just kind of dive in. Um, but yeah, so let's move forward on to these loans then, Joe, because. Um, a bit like you, I was surprised that they went so low. We're talking about Daniel Pike here, um, a good right back for us in the academy. And then also Jack Vale, who's been talked about for quite a few years, it seems now, and has had a loan in league football before, but now he's dropping down to the National League. Well, I caught wind on the Pike deal about an hour before it was announced and I was panicking a bit thinking, you know, he, he's better than this level. Um, but then so he's, the gone, he's gone to filed, hasn't he, in the National yeah, League? Yeah, filed, and, and they're National League North, so what's that, step six? Um, but an hour later, the announcement came out, and it's a month loan deal, and you read into it, and their main right-back's injured, and they're just looking for a bit of cover. And you think, OK, it makes sense. He, he played against filed in pre-season and had a really good game, or a really good half, I should say. Um, so I can understand why they've watched him and gone, oh, well, you know, a month. They're probably paying nothing either, really. Um, or very little at all. But I think for a month, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, a lot of people talk about these these loans and say, oh, they've got to get out, they've got to get out. But I think there's a certain cutoff point for me in terms of how loud, low down they go, where PL2 football is better for them than step six, step seven football, in my opinion. Um, you could argue that step five and above, it's probably better for them to be playing there than in the PL2 just because of the competitiveness. But once you get down to six and seven, I think I think it's getting a bit silly, really. Yeah, Luke Brennan struggled there last season. Yeah. He was I was I think he was told that he was going to get game time constantly, but that, that didn't work out. Um Dan Pike won't be getting any work life balance filed if uh it's a bit of an in joke there. If anyone read the yeah. job advert from, from Filed, oh. then you'll know what I'm talking about. Um Jack Vale going to Halifax, Dan. Um, step five for him. Um, do you know if he's been guaranteed kind of game time there? Have, have they got a shortage as well that they asked for Jack Bale to come in? Well, I had a look at the game on Saturday and Jordan Slywood scored for them. <laughs> so you can see you can see where the desperation comes from. Get Jordan back in. Come on. Oh, I'm not sure really. You know, I've got a Jordan Slew story actually. Um, oh, um, go on. Chap I work with um, or worked with who was a goalkeeping coach at Chorley for a while, where Jordan Slew was. He came in one morning, and um, and, I, and I said, I didn't know Jordan Slew played played at Chorley. He said, all right, yeah. I said, oh, Blackburn signed him for, you know, seven figures. 
And he went, you what? And I went, yeah, yeah, back in the day. And I showed him the article. And he said, I can't believe that. He said, in all my years being a goalkeeping coach, I've never seen a striker with with that little finishing ability. <laughs> and I said, really? And he said, yeah, he's the worst striker I've ever worked with. And I went, right. <laughs> well, if anyone's listened to the Jake King podcast, we did a little off topic, but he talked about Jordan Slew then. And the way... Uh, just have a listen to it if you've not. It's <laughs> ridiculous. And then he shushed us in the checker trade game. Uh, when we played him. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure with Halifax, really. I just, it didn't make sense to me either because if you're going to loan him out, I know we were waiting on a striker on deadline day, but it seemed like McBride and Butterworth were ahead of him anyway. So I don't see why he just didn't go on loan to a league club in the actual deadline window. Well, he went, to, he went to Rochdale, though, didn't he? And he didn't yeah. get it in time. So I can understand it a bit. Vale's problem, again, like a lot of them, is injuries. And yeah. I think there'll be clubs in the league, in the EFL, who will have not taken that risk on him because I think he's had three injuries now. Potentially well, yeah. two, but it's a lot of injuries for a young player. Dan Butterworth's had at least three or four. Uh, yeah. Joe Rankin Costello's probably on his sixth. You know, I think a lot of the players that come out of our our youth system seem to have injury issues, and I don't know if that's something that we're doing or it's just a a bad luck situation. Yeah, that's something that I'd like to get to the bottom of this season with the staff. Actually, be an interesting topic of discussion. I know we can we can possibly get medical. Even here. Ryan Nyambe, who I know came out quite a while ago now, but. Ryan's never fully fit for a whole season. Always no. always out here and there. And I know some of it comes down to Mowbray and he says he's managing his time and sometimes you don't know how much of that to believe and how much of it to just ignore. But I, I feel like pretty much everybody but Raya who comes out, and obviously he was a goalkeeper, there's always issues with injuries or fitness. You know, Dan Butterworth came on and after 10 minutes... The other day, he was blowing. Knackered. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, he's been out for the best part of two years with an injury, so you can understand why his aerobic levels probably aren't where they should be. But well, there's, there's part, definitely an investigation to be had there, isn't there? Yeah, part of the veil thing as well. I don't know if you remember, he went on loan to Barrow just before football mm-hmm. was stopped that season, and that were National League back then, obviously a promotion side. Yeah. But you could be a do league side fancy. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, that's the other issue as well. And it, and it happened with Brennan at Fylde because they were desperately... It, it, you know, when you send these players out to clubs that are fighting for promotion or fighting to avoid relegation, they haven't got the luxury to be able to play them. You see, I think Hayden Carter did really well at Burton because they kind of... Once, once they got out of that relegation area, they weren't looking to go up. They were just looking to win some games of football, develop the team, and and he got that game time. And and I think when you send these players out to teams that desperately need points, they haven't got the luxury to be putting in a young player, um, you know. And when it comes to crunch time at the end of the season for Rovers or when things are looking tight, you know they're going to play the players that they trust over your Leighton Clarksons, you know. Unless you've got a serious Harvey Elliott on your hands. You haven't got the luxury to play these kind of inexperienced players that need developing. And my worry about Vale and, and Pike going down to these lower levels is, you know, if Fylde all of a sudden think, oh, well, Pike needs well more than a month to be ready, then what's the point in being there for a month? Mm. You know what I mean? Well, 
Yeah, I'd say he was probably match fit going in there and, and hopefully they'll use him. Um, the final point I want to make on this before we move on to the under-18s and have a bit of a discussion about them is mm. that a lot of Category 1 academies, usually belonging to Premier League sides, have a, a specialist loans manager. And I think we've talked before, Joe, about the the lack of consistency in our loan plan and also the lack of success in, in loans that we've we've sent out. Hayden Carty have already mentioned being successful one. You could argue Scott Wharton was, although yeah. it's he had four loan spells, so I don't know whether that was maybe one too many. Um but do you think it's something that maybe we over should look into as a as an academy that's performing alongside the likes of Man mm. City, Chelsea, you know, United? Do should we I look mean, into someone like that? I mean you'd have to say given the geographical location of where we are Compared to your Chelsea's and your Arsenal's, we should be doing great in the loan market outgoings-wise because we're surrounded by clubs. You've got your Boltons and your Wiggins in, at your League One level. You've got Rochdale, Oldham, League Two level. And then, you, you know, you've got clubs littered around the area at the steps that you want them at so that they're not a million miles away. Um, you've got access to them. They can even come into Brockhall when you need them if you want to have a look at them and test their medical and et cetera, et cetera. So... It does baffle me, and the successful loans we've had haven't exactly been local, really. Mm. You know, Scott Wharton's best loan was probably Northampton. Um, Hayden Carter, best loan in recent years, that was Burton. You know, the players that go out to these clubs in the more local areas don't seem to be succeeding. And I think it just comes down to timing, really. But I think we could be doing a lot better with it. Does a dedicated loans manager or somebody who takes that on change that? I don't know. Does it come from the top? I mean, we know there was some League One interest and League Two interest in McBride, but unless they actually go, it doesn't really mean anything, does it? No. You sound like someone who's been researching Northwest clubs in the last <laughs> few hours. At this stage, no comment. Um, <laughs> hopefully in the next week or so. I don't know when this is going out. I'll have some exciting news, but we'll see. We shall see. I've been researching with... Just for the fun of it, I think. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Let's talk just for good good geographical knowledge. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the under 18s because that's a this is a good little topic to have five minutes on, Dan. Um, I mean, what a start! You, let's just take it from the from the opening game. They they battered Derby, six um, one, and uh, six different scorers as well. Yeah, really impressive, wasn't it? I think this is what you look at. You look at the scorers, and you're Leonard. Cunningham, Schmidt, that's three forwards who have scored. You've obviously not got Gilsane and involved. We're looking good, aren't we, in the striking department? And I just love the fact that you've got these young lads coming in who are six, probably 15, 16, a lot of them, because obviously with everyone stepping up, and they're destroying teams. And they all seem happy with it. They all seem, they're obviously enjoying the football. I think it's a special, t a special crop of players who, we heard about from Tony Kyes, we heard about from Stuart Jones, and I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of players to be excited for. Yeah, absolutely. This is where the vindication of those interviews that we did last season where, like you say, all of those staff members were like, they didn't want to give us any names, which is understandable, no. but they said, just wait, just wait for these 16s and 15-year-olds to come through and you'll see we've got some amazing talent. And uh, Harry Leonard's got five goals, I think, so far. He missed a year and he's just come back from injury and he's looked absolutely on fire. Um, they seem to have been playing Joe as well. 
you don't see very much footage of the under 18s obviously but i was just look i've actually gone through the the four fixtures that they've played and they seem to have played a 5-2-3 quite a lot um, in four fixtures and then a, a 4-3-3 in another so they're obviously kind of copying those formations that are that Mowbray is using at first team level as well. So it's good that we're developing these players in the way that they would want to be used at first team level, even now. Yeah, and I think, you know, like like you touched on, Dan, they're all kind of stepping up each time, not just the staff, but we've kind of got 15 and 16 year olds playing in the 18s. We've got the 17 and 18 year olds playing in the 23s. You know, our 23s teams could, could very easily play in a 21s league right now. Um, so. That's great, and I think as much as I was frustrated when we let some of those players go, like your Thompsons and Lions, and you had a bit about them, I think you kind of have to skim those players off to give those players in the under-18s that are so impressive the room to grow into. Because if if your Leonards get to 17, 18 years old, and they can't get into the 18s side because at 21, 22, Sam Burns is still scoring 10 goals a season for us, but not really going anywhere, then we're getting it wrong. So for me, once they get to 20, they're either going out on loan because they could be ready, they're either on our bench because they're nearly ready, or they're in the team because they are ready. Nobody really past the age of 20, for me, should be sat in our 23s team playing football each week that's probably not going to make it. I really like Louis Annesley, um, but I don't think he's going to be a centre-back for Blackburn Rovers' first team, whether he goes on loan or not. So at the end of this season, if I'm in charge, I'd probably cut that off there because then your Ash Phillips has got a, a cemented spot for the next season, etc., etc. And that's the cutthroat world that we're in. Um, and sometimes some players develop later. Um, and Scott Wharton's definitely an example of that because three or four years ago, I'd have said, no, he's never going to make it as a centre-back at Blackburn Rovers, but he probably will now, having given, you know, those many loans. But to give you Leonard's and this, you know, this impressive crop of 18 players, that room to grow into, we've got to be harsh. Your Chelsea's, your Man United's, your Man City's, they're harsh. And if we're going to keep up with them, we've got to be harsh. And they're also making profits out of those players that they are cutting loose. Yeah. You know, even if they are ending up buying them back for ninety million pounds uh, later on <laughs> yeah. down the line. Let's do that with Louis Annesley. Let, let, ninety mil. That's all right, isn't it, Dan? Oh, it's great. And I think, <laughs> I think on that point, I led in the seventeen-year-olds develop. We saw it with JRC because it, mm. it feels like he's been around forever, doesn't it? Yeah. 2015-16 playing for the 23s when he must have been 16 or 17 regular time and it's paid off yes he's had his injuries mm-hmm. but now he's a player that we haven't have to go out and buy mm-hmm. and we, the more we do it the more we let these 16 year olds have the years where they make mistakes mm-hmm. where they might not do the best but they're learning that's what will pay off for Rovers five years down the line absolutely yeah, just to kind of give the full picture of the under-18s, they had that 6-1 win against Derby. Then they went, uh, they played Wolves, beat them 5-2. Um, again, loads of different scorers. Harrison Wood getting on the score sheet. Um, Charlie, Charlie Weston? Yeah, Charlie yeah, Weston. Yeah, Charlie Weston getting on the score sheet there as well. He, he's George Shamil. He's definitely one they're excited about. They he are, yeah. Captained England's under-15 uh, under side. He's been in the 23 squads like quite often this season as well so 
Uh, Jay Haddo's another one who's been in the under-23s, um, a right back. Yeah. He played the first three 90 minutes of this season. Patrick Gamble's another one who's cropped up for the 23s. I think he played yeah. there against Brighton in cent- central defence. So there's yeah. a lot. You know, Adam Morton's in this crop as well, Scott's brother. Yeah. Christy Montgomery, who's a Scotland under-16 under national. So, they're, like I say, the names George keep Gent. coming. George Gent. Yeah. Big fan of George Gent. He's one of my favourites. Only because I've seen more of him because he's played a bit of 23s football. But whenever he scores, he sticks it on his Instagram. And, and it's actually quite often. Loves a free kick. He's a left footer. Can kind of cover all up the left side, really. Left back, left wing yeah, back, yeah. left midfield, left forward. So, a bit like Serino, really. Um can just cover that whole side so i love a left footer especially at youth level because there's not many of them yeah felix goddard in goal as well who we got from man city i think definitely yeah he should he could be an interesting man have you seen aiden dowling by the way just have you seen aiden dowling have you have you seen him in person i've seen him in person he's like six foot eight or something i've never seen anything like it that the lad is is insane i mean honestly I don't think I've seen a taller guy, but maybe Pantalime on years ago. Yeah. He is, honestly, what a big, massive goalkeeper he is. Have a look, Google him if you're watching along, Aidan Dowling's massive. <laughs> he is. Yeah. I've never seen him like He's yet. another on loan at Halifax as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he went for a month before. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure how he's doing, but yeah. You're giving a bit of time there. Yeah, so the under-18s uh, also won 3-1 against Nottingham Forest in a rearranged game. That was Leonard's hat-trick game. And then most recently, they beat Stoke City 4-1 as well. Simon Cooper's new team. And I sent Simon a little <laughs> message. I sent Simon a little <laughs> message about that. He said Blackburn were, what was the word, outstanding, I think he said. Something along those lines. Blackburn were, were incredible. So um, that's a good one. Good uh, Wood scoring twice, Adam Wharton, and then Jake Batty, I think. Jake. Yeah. yeah that's right. They love, um, they love he Jake looks like a really well. good player as well. Yeah. yeah well, they, like they love him there because he came through the ATG groups and then made it into, into the academy group. So yeah. so he's proper proper made it through the system. He's, he's one um, of our own, as yeah. we like to shout. Yeah. Um, so the under 18s play Chelsea in the Premier League Cup on Saturday. And that's at Chelsea's training ground, one o'clock kickoff. Um, I know that that's going to be a very difficult task because Chelsea, we know, are strong at every level, really, across the game. So that's that's going to be an interesting test for two teams that are unbeaten so far this season. Um, the under-23s play on Friday. Um, I presume this is going out maybe tomorrow. So if, tomorrow, if, you, if yeah. you're around, I think it's free entry as well, isn't it, to the Leyland ground? Um, so you should and if, and if you don't there. like... If you don't like the food and drink at uh, Ewood, if you don't like Sodexo and the pricing and the food and stuff, get yourself down to Leyland because they can pour a pint, it's cheap, and the food's not so bad, and it's free entry. So I always say whenever the 23s play at Ewood, I hate it because the experience at Leyland is just far superior. Uh, don't go on the train, though. That's something I found tonight. Joe said he wouldn't be... <laughs> Joe said he wouldn't be caught dead going down on the train. So oh, yeah, Dan said he got the train. I just, oh, because they're always evening games as well. I just, that's dedication, that. And dedication is what we have on the Academy podcast, though. So thank you very much for staying up till 10 past one, you two, um, to record this. I'm sending Dan an invoice. Overtime, <laughs> double pay. Bloody hell. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't forget, I mean, the voting's closed now for FCAs, but um, don't forget to tune in for our content, Rovers Chat in London, which is going to be, well, God knows what we're going to end up doing. <laughs> um, Who knows? Oh, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure it'll be interesting. We're staying at a very nicely named hotel. I'll give that, I'll drop that little, well, uh, Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll that needs announcing, doesn't it? That definitely needs announcing. Yeah. I tell you what, the dedicated fans as well who are watching this program, because the Academy podcast in general probably isn't one of our biggest shows in terms of viewership. So there's some little tidbits in here of information that if you don't watch the Academy podcast, you might not know. Should we tell them the name of the hotel? And anybody who's watched gets that little information. Go for it, John. Stuck in for 35 minutes. This is your reward for sticking with us for 36 minutes now. What, Dan, what is it again? I know, obviously, that what is it? It's the Mowbray Court Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're staying, yeah, we're staying in the Mowbray Court Hotel, which I think is the right laugh. So, <laughs> yeah, we've got loads planned for when we go, but we'll have to wait and see. So, yeah. Absolutely, but we'll be back with another Academy podcast in the next uh, few weeks, and then, like I say, hopefully we'll get a few interviews as well. Let's let's uh, let's see if we can get a few staff members and players on. Um, thank you f- to Dan for tonight. Thanks for hosting. No worries, and thank you to Joe for coming on and entertaining no us all. Absolutely. Um, I'm glad you've got that geography sorted at the Northwest clubs as well. That's really <laughs> pleased me. Uh, we'll see you all again soon, and um, have a good one. Bye. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 